Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real, hands on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF Podcast. It's Friday, July 28th. Last week, luxury goods group Caring announced a new leadership structure. And one of the biggest winners in the shuffle was Francesca Bellatini, who is now Deputy CEO of Brand Development, in addition to her role as CEO of Saint Laurent. This arguably makes her the most powerful female executive in the luxury sector. It's a smart move. Francesca has both the business chops and the creative sensibility required to be a fashion CEO. And she has a very clear model for how to build luxury brands. From a CEO perspective, it could be seem quite easy simply to grow your top line and forget about the profits. While in reality, it's a profit that makes your business sustainable, allow you to continue to invest, allow you to continue to invest in people and growth. This week on the BOF podcast, I'm pleased to bring back this archive interview with Francesca from BOF Voices 2018. Listening to it again, there are lessons for all of us on how to lead with purpose and authenticity. Here's Francesca Bellatini on the BOF podcast. So Francesca, I need to start with the question that everyone's been talking about. 
Let's just get it out of the way, because there's a lot of other things, obviously, to discuss. But what was your reaction to Hedy Sleeman's Celine show? I looked at the show, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I was happy for Hedy for his comeback. I think uh, he's an incredibly talented designer, and he deserves uh, to be part of the industry. I wish him every success, because it, this is good for all of us. And... I'm a huge fan of uh, creativity and talent. So like you said, I had the, the, the great opportunity in my life to work with incredible creative people, starting with, uh, of course, Mucha Prada when I was very, very young, and Mutlang very closely. Uh, we are still very good friends. And then Tom Ford a little bit, Frida, I knew Alessandro there, and then Heidi and now Anthony Vaccarello. So I'm a big fan of creative people, but I'm also a big fan of uh, brands. So uh, my reaction was, uh, you know, good that uh, another good creative talent is back and is only going to be due to the industry. And that, that was honestly it. That's honestly your reaction. Okay. <laughs> so so let's, let's dig a little deeper. <laughs> You know, when Hedy Sleeman first joined Saint Laurent, the business yeah. was in, in a transition, yeah. right? Uh, Stefano Pilati had left, and you joined shortly after. Yeah, about um, a year and a half later. Yeah, about a year and a half after. When you look back now and you think about the trajectory that Saint Laurent went on, what do you see as Hedy's contribution to the development of this business? Well, Hedy Sleeman had a... A tremendous contribution to the brand. Uh, he came to... I, I wasn't there when he came to Saint Laurent, but of course I was looking at this from the outside. And then, uh, having become the CEO of Saint Laurent, I had the opportunity to dig in more about why that happened and what was done. He came at an incredible moment uh, for the brand, and uh, when the brand needed... Uh, some people call it a revolution, but I like to call it a rebranding and reform. Uh, because the brand needed to be brought back to its origin, to the period of the brand when, when Saint Laurent was very relevant. And uh, the period of the history of the brand when, when uh, the, the brand was most relevant were actually the late 60s and beginning of the 70s when Yves Saint Laurent himself created the Pret-à-Porter. That was an incredible move, was when the brand was vibrant, was when the brand went closer to the street, closer to the consumer, and those were really the years that have set what the brand was standing for in terms of values, values of freedom to speak, liberation, at the same time sophistication, bringing the style to the street. Over the years, that got a little bit abandoned. Maybe people focus more on single product than on branding. And so what was done in 2012 by Paul Deneb and, and Hedy Sleeman, who were there at the same time, was really refocusing the brand on its origin and on the period that was the most vibrant, starting to call things with the appropriate name, because when Yves Saint Laurent launched Pret-à-Porter, he did it under the umbrella of Saint Laurent Rive Gauche, because at that time, uh, he was still doing haute couture, and we were not and we are not doing haute couture. So basically, by doing this very abruptly, in a way that seemed a revolution, actually, they brought back very clearly the spirit of the brand. So we needed that, that revolution to really stand even clearer for the values that the brand had brought in. So when I arrived, that was done. But what I found was... Uh, 
all the assets that have been built through the years in the brand. The brand, thanks to every creative director that has been working in the brand over the years, had become incredibly successful in the business of accessories. And yeah. like we were, we were discussing at lunch, mm -hmm. accessories gives you, give you the, the possibility to have more profit and so even to invest in a rebranding. It had already a very balanced business in terms of product categories. Um, a very balanced business in terms of uh, geography. Uh, we were not, uh, even when we were, I mean, I joined and the brand was about 560 million, but we were not overexposed in any market or in any nationalities. We had very successful both retail and wholesale business. So everything was there and the contribution was brought by every single person that worked in the brand. Of course, with that incredible asset, when you clarify the brand positioning and you do it in such a strong way, then everything comes together. And then after a revolution that boosts the beginning of your success, you need a moment of consolidation. I mean, after every revolution, you need a constitution phase if you want then to become, uh, to become a longevity, a longevity business. And this is what, uh, what we have been doing. I mean, I think you can share with me the fact that in the last uh, two years, uh, the brand has been evolving a lot. Uh, with the arrival of Anthony Vaccarello, the value has been clarified even more. It has pushed the brand uh, even more to the limit, clarifying what we stand for, clarifying what the Saint Laurent woman is. And, and I think that people recognize uh, the authenticity in the way we do that. And, uh, and this has, has created a platform for a tremendous growth, both in revenues, but even in profitability. Because sometimes, from a CEO perspective, it could be seem quite easy simply to grow your top line and forget about the profits, while in reality, it's a profit that makes your business sustainable, allow you to continue to invest, allow you to continue to invest in people and growth. So, the contribution was brought by every actor in the picture. Of course, what was done with Eddie is much more visible and it's very important because it brought the brand together. But you need to build it in a solid way and you need to have something that is incredibly relevant, that is the brand, the mm -hmm. brand itself. And we it, all work It for has the brand. been solid. And, you know, when Hedy Sliman left, the business continued to grow. Yeah. And some would argue that the template that was created by Hedy was, you know, very faithfully respected by Anthony, who also injected his own ideas. Absolutely. But I think the question that a lot of people were asking, another thing we talked about over lunch was, aren't you afraid now that some of your customers are going to run off to Celine because, you know, the Slimaniacs, they call them, <laughs> aren't they just going to shift their loyalty because there's another brand doing something kind of similar? No, in reality, this is a quite simplistic way of viewing things. I mean, I know you and I talked about it and we agree. Um, when you change a creative director in a brand, in particular a brand that doesn't have the name of the creative director, of course, if Stella leaves, Stella yeah. is kind of left empty. But when, when, uh, when a creative director leaves a brand, uh, the, the fan of the creative director disappear almost immediately. In the span of six to eight months, they are all gone and you are impacted more or less in a different way in different product categories or in different market. But what happens is like uh, you lose uh, some of the fan of the old creative director, you gain the fan of the new creative director, but you don't need to forget that there is a big chunk of fan of the brand itself 
and then a big fan of what the new creative director does for the brand. And I think that the results that quite naturally and silently we have been able to bring show that these flows of in and out has been accrued for us. So this is why you saw me probably being confident and cool quite relaxed. Cool as a cucumber, yes. quite, I mean, <laughs> nobody has ever defined me like that, but I like it <laughs> as a definition. Because we already went through that phase. Yeah, so the, basically you're saying the Slimaniacs had already oh, left yeah. the brand. Yeah, yeah. I think you told me a bunch of them were in Japan. Mm. Male Japanese consumers. That is where it was immediately visible, uh, really, I mean, uh, Eddie Sliman in Japan is really like a rock star and he's really able to bring in and out of fashion uh, entire consumers. But as I said, uh, then thank God in Saint Laurent the brand is bigger than, than any of us and, and what Anthony has been doing for the brand has resiliated very well with old consumer, new consumer, consumer that we had. We talked about the fact that in fashion every year minimum 70 to 80 percent of your consumer are new. So what is the real challenge for us and what is the real challenge for me is how to remain relevant. Right. I mean, two years in fashion time is, is a very long time. So you saw that we did quite a lot of things. And what, what we think about is actually how do we remain relevant? How do we... Um, continue growing but without compromising on the positioning of the brand? How do we continue to launch successful products? I mean, we had uh, each and every creative director being able to create uh, incredible icons for our brand. And those icons have been leaving through the brands, of course, uh, uh, retouched, reviewed by, by the following creative director. But I am very happy to say that actually the, the ultimate best-selling product in the history of San Laurent, the single skew that I've been selling the most, is a skew that has been created by Anthony a year ago. Don't ask me to tell you which one. I won't. Also. But so the best-selling product yeah, in the history product. of San Laurent was created by Anthony Bacquero. Yes, and this is not dependent only on the product, but it, I think it is because it's coming in a contest where everything makes sense. You know, when you communicate the brand right, when you are authentic, when you communicate your values without fear and consumer recognize that what you're telling them is really what you stand for, that you simply don't bend because there is this or that trend in the market that apparently is cooler than you in a certain moment. Sure. They recognize this to you. And then when in that moment you are able to put in the market a product that also from a merchandising perspective is a good product, you insert it in the right contest, makes sense with the rest of the brand, it becomes a bestseller and a new icons. So. That, that's, what, that's why you saw me as a cucumber. All right. <laughs> Moving on to something else. Yes, okay. You know, there's a lot, you, you talked about like 80% of the new uh, customers coming yeah. into you know, a brand every year are new. Yeah. And increasingly, a lot of those customers are Chinese customers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just came back from the uh, BOF China Summit uh, a few With weeks back. With my friend Marco. Yes, with Marco, exactly. And it's just fascinating to me every time I go to China. I, I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts about navigating that market. Some you know, analysts, investors are worried that the, the market is slowing. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? What's your read on the, the yeah. temperature of the Chinese market? I don't know if this comes from the fact that I'm optimistic by definition. So if you give me a glass, I tend to, to see it always half full instead of half empty. I like to focus on the things that, uh, even if they're difficult, they become opportunity. 
But like you said uh, this morning, I mean, China next year is going to be the biggest market in luxury. And still, China is projected to grow to a solid single digit that is still double that a lot of the other markets. So yes, clearly, China has slowed down compared to the inflated growth that it had in the past. I mean, I, I'm in this industry since many years, and I saw China growing 60 70% every year. That is unsustainable. Uh, but still, being the biggest market is growing high single digit, double than Europe, for example. And so I believe that for brands in particular that have not been too exposed to the market, that have not been opening too many stores in tier two, tier three cities, because at the beginning when people didn't know how China was, we in the industry misinterpret the country. We thought that simply because a town had a lot of inhabitants, by definition, it would have been good for fashion. Simply, you have a lot of people disinterested in fashion. So you really have to open stores where there is a relevant crowd for that, exactly like you do in any other market. The difference is that in China, the scale and the number of the population has a different magnitude and a different proportion. So for all of those brands that are not too exposed, China represents a tremendous opportunity. For us at San Luran, it is like that. If you think about it, we have been growing so much but we don't even have a flagship yet in China. We are going to open. Really? Yeah, we are going to open our first uh, flagship store at the beginning of next year in Beijing, and the second one in Shanghai. So for us, the market is still full of opportunities, and I think for a lot of other fashion brands. And in particular, what I like of this moment is that uh, the policies that the, that the Chinese government is putting together in order to stimulate local consumption stimulates a healthy business with Chinese. I'm a huge believer of building your business first with your local clients. I believe that if you conquer the heart of a consumer at home, then wherever they travel, they follow you. So this is a way in the last five years we have been trying to work at Saint Laurent, trying to build a loyal and authentic relationship with clients in their own country. I always say to the president of my regions, Build a business with the locals because the touristic flow can come and go and you get them when they come and when they go you need to have a solid sure. base to, to, to take care of. Uh, this means that you need to build a supply chain that is very agile and flexible because when those touristic flow changes you need to be able to, to reallocate the stock that eventually you had bought making the projection of the demand for, for a certain country. But then I like the idea of being able to... to to build an authentic relationship with Chinese consumer more in their own country, because I think it becomes more real and authentic. Mm -hmm. And we are investing a lot of resources at San Laurent to try to really build relationships that are authentic in trying to make sure that the people that work for San Laurent are very aware of the value that the brand represents. They understand them, they internalize them, but then they are able to deliver them in an authentic way and in a way that they feel comfortable with. Sure. I hate when I go to stores and I see sales associates that give you a speech that they have been provided to and you can tell they don't know what they're talking about and they don't believe in what they're telling you. So, for example, we just finished at San Ran a global retail conference where we took all of our store director, assistant store director and retail team, about 500 people in Paris. We really shared with them what San Ran stands for, what France is, what Paris is. We took them to Marrakesh as well, and we try to engage them and make them understand the brand they work for, to make them 
fall in love even more with the brand. So they toured the museum in Marrakesh and everything. And even the Jardin Majorelle. Amazing. So we, we partner a lot with Fondation. people. Yes. Divided in groups. But you have to invest in yeah. your people. Your people are your first asset and your first consumer. I mean, how can I pretend to engage consumer outside the company if we are not able to engage the people that work for the company? And I'm a believer in, in truth. And I believe that if you, if you tell who you are, people can choose to like you or not. But it's awful when you pretend to be who you are not and then people discover who you really are sure. and they're disappointed. Last night, I tell you a story because it really happened last night. Uh, actually, a very young guy working for another brand of the group wrote to me an email. And he said, ah, and I didn't know who he was. He said, Francesca, I work for this brand and my boyfriend is a, a student at Bocconi. He saw you when you went to speak at Bocconi. And uh, I know that you have started your career in investment banking. Mm -hmm. Can you please spare a minute of your time to read this presentation letter of my boyfriend that is sending to Goldman Sachs? And uh, can you please... Where you used to work. Yeah, where I used to work. Yeah. Can you please tell me if what he is writing in the letter can amplify the chances for my boyfriend to be hired? And I was like, who, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> that's some chutzpah. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I yeah. mean, the guy doesn't know me. I don't know him. He doesn't even write for himself. He writes for the boyfriend. So I actually opened the letter and read it. And this guy in the letter was writing about an episode of his personal life that related to escalating a mountain. Or, well, I'm not going to tell you the episode. And he was talking about it in his presentation letter. And, I, and what I answered to this guy, you know, I cannot tell you if there are tips or shortcuts to get a job in Goldman Sachs, but what I can tell you is that if that episode for your boyfriend is really breakthrough and it's really the way he wants to be presented, let him do that. Better to present yourself for the way you really are, because then if you are hired, you have much more chances to be good at your job. Sure. And it is the same in the relationship with, uh, with the consumer. Present yourself in the way you are. Be authentic. If they choose you, they remain with you. And, and this is what we tend okay. to do. We're almost out of time, but okay. I would be remiss if I didn't um, ask you for some advice. You know, uh, it strikes me that um, our industry is, uh, and this has come up in, in a variety of conversations today, actually, our industry is still run by generally old white men. Mm. Um, you are one of the very few women at the top, the very, very top of a global billion-dollar fashion brand. So all, for all those young women out there who want to follow in your footsteps, you know, what, what, what advice do you have to offer them? The first advice uh, that I can offer to them is like, to really be living it. And the second one is like, to try to distance themselves from the people that want to take their dreams down simply because they're women. I've been incredibly lucky in my life. I never, ever had the feeling that being a woman was kind of uh, a negative spot. I come from a family where we are three sisters, and we are three very different people. We do three very different things. But when, 
when I was saying to my parents, oh, you know, I want to study economics, or, you know, one day I want to run a big company, because honestly, this is what I From always wanted to do. From a young age, you wanted to run yes, a company. Yes, I really wanted that, because my brother-in-law had a, had a small company on his own, and I loved the fact that he was traveling, he was doing all these interesting things, and so that is what I wanted to do. And when I was talking to my dad about that, he never said, oh, come on, you are a woman, just learn how to cook. You know how parents, even yeah. joking, can turn yeah. you down? That never happened to me. So for me, it was kind of normal that being a woman, I could try to do whatever I wanted. And then I was, again, very lucky in my career because I joined Caring in 2003, so 15 years ago. So you can really tell that I built my career and I grew inside a company and a group led by François Ripinot that really makes of gender equality a mantra and a real value. And, uh, and where, basically, if you have the qualities that he searches for and the ambition to become someone, you are, you are given the opportunity. So I acknowledge that this is not the word. What I can say is, like, I hope that people like François Ripinot and group like Karen can inspire others to do that. And I hope I can be the proof that if you take the risk, also a woman can deliver. So maybe... And you, have delivered. Are, are do it. and you have and delivered. And you have delivered. You're an inspiration. Thank you, Francesca. Thank you so much. Thank you. The BOF podcast is edited and produced by Emma Clark and Eric Bria in the BOF studio team. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere, online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. (coughs) Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.